there was a winner and there was a bunch of there was a, other there was I guess I guess there was many winners. How there were you, many winners and multiple losers. Can we can we do our podcast about the most exciting race in the modern times of Formula One entirely in like NPR speak? Oh, and just, just be like, just be like, the the cars they were performing at at the maximum <laughs> capacity, which we see them when they show up to the track. It was it was it a was, sight to behold. It was delightful. I'd say that it was one of the more delightful things that I've seen uh, as a fan of motorsport. Um, just a just a gentle jaunt through the country for uh, some of the most developed, advanced, technically proficient and efficient vehicles on the planet. I mean, just just a just one of a delight. One of my children ascended all the way up to the attic to tell Mrs. Lapore that Daddy was screaming at the television. <laughs> that was that was the kind of race that it was. Oh, truly a delight. It. Truly a delight. All right, this this, Corey, <laughs> I, I, this yeah. race was ridiculous. This race was, was absolutely insane. I can't contain myself. Uh, was certainly like I I I don't want to get hyperbolic with it, but it really seemed like one of the greatest races of all time that we have ever witnessed. Certainly one mm-hmm. of the absolute best of the modern era, mm-hmm. and had me like losing my mind pretty much from beginning to end like where do we start? like i don't even want to go beat by beat through the events of the race like i just want to like bask in the glory that was this insane race that had uh, uh opened with mm-hmm. a reminder of the seriousness of this sport and these, the, the, how wild and how, uh, basically dangerous, how this, this sport can at times be life and death mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. began with a reminder of that. That was the beginning and the intensity accelerated from there. Like where, where do we even begin? Corey? Like that was, how do, how do we, the cars how do you, even- how do you take a bite out of the 2022, uh, uh, uh British Grand Prix. What? Where okay. do you? Where do you so even start? This is this is the perfect. Yeah, thing. Sorry, this is this this is a podcast. This, this is, uh, yeah. the name of the podcast goes here, and let's just get into it. Come on, what's the? Let's get into it. Folks, this is the F one files. I'm Corey Willis. I'm an actor, improviser, and comedian out in Los Angeles. But more importantly today, I am a race fan. I am a Formula One race fan. And uh, with me, I've got my best friend in the whole wide world who is also a race fan. What's up? What's up? This is John Lepore. I'm a, you know, the race fan. Super yeah, race, race fan. Just, just a big old race uh, fan. Just, just, race reco- just a race fan recovering from one of the most insane uh, exhibitions of Formula One racing that I've ever Inten- witnessed. Like, uh, full on, like, I am, I feel like if I was, uh, uh, we're not doing this as like the scale, but as far as like hardcore drug in it, this would be like the first time I, t- I touched something that was like pure. Um, like just an uncut um, <laughs> version of my whatever drug of choice that is, whether it's like the best coffee you've ever had or the best um, like synthesis. This is, this is yeah, the yeah. race that I will be chasing for the rest of my life as a Formula yeah. One fan, uh, yeah. wanting to to get this much exhilaration and excitement and drama from, from a from a race. from the jump, uh, almost like an overwhelming thing. So let's say uh, you 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 referenced uh, take a bite out of this. So let's do this as. Uh, the accessibility scale. Um, we're we're talking 
the 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 mealiest, most gross, uh, past its prime apple. Just like the gnarliest, like it's like a okay. rotten crab apple. Um, it's not yep, even yep, like yep. a proper apple that you would eat. Uh, on up to uh the the pink tango. On up to like the the most uh exquisite apple that exists wow. uh, on on the on the face of the earth that is only available for like a few weeks and most people have never even had a pink tango because you can't get them. Uh so rating so rating this race on a scale of the apple that stayed in my first grade backpack for the entire year yes, uh, yes. all the way to a, uh, a a glorious pink tango I would take it as this was I went to an orchard and whatever the equivalent of like an orchard like sommelier or vintner came mm-hmm. out and was just like I am going to slice in front of you the best of our apples from this entire season's harvest. And I'm going to feed a a variety of the best that my orchard has to offer to you one by one, uh, which, which on a scale of one to 10 classifies it squarely as a 10. This race was a 10. Yes. This this where a perfect, a perfect 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I agree on the scale of elementary school brand applesauce (laughs) to the (laughs) finest mots you could find, uh, in all of the kingdom. Where did, where did it rank for you? Uh, it was just the, the freshest, most delicious apple, an apple that is like, it gives, like it makes your pupils dilate when you take a bite out of it. Um, like it's that level. It was just, this was, an exquisite race. Uh, I, I am, I am, I was gobsmacked. I mean, I was. I'm usually pretty good when races are happening uh, in the mornings because I live in an apartment and I'm conscious of the fact that there are people around me who probably are sleeping because it's a Sunday morning. So people are either like sleeping or about to go to <laughs> church, and mm-hmm. I'm usually like really aware of that. But I was shouting at the top of my lungs uh, involuntarily, pretty much. Every single time, uh, uh, some the cars would be shown on screen. It was exhausting. <laughs> I was so tired after this race. Uh, it was just. I think you. I think oh. you texted me during the race. You texted me. My heart can't handle this. Yes. Yes. That was, and that was like I through think- the race. I actually took multiple screenshots of our text message exchange with each other because I just thought there was like multiple moments that I was. I was just like. I want like seven years from now for my phone to do that. Like, hey, remember this day? And just yeah. throw a bunch of screenshots set to music uh, yes. to me of uh, of various messages and statements. Let me see here. What's yeah, in, uh, a, in a montage? Uh, yeah, uh, I. Oh, <laughs> for, format be damned. Who cares? This, this just uh, what were some some moments that stuck out in this race? Uh, to All you, right. so um, so yeah. uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we start literally. We start off the race begins, and I'm I'm just going to skip over qualifying altogether. Uh, yeah. A wonderful and miraculous qualifying that we have. I mean, our one boy of the best, Carlito, one, Carlito, absolutely crushing it. I mean, just the whole week. This week has been nuts with Formula One. It went from. Mm-hmm. 
the lowest of the lows with like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. old quotes of Nelson PK surfacing where he's uh, throwing uh, racist slurs at Lewis Hamilton uh, and also homophobic slurs at Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and like mm-hmm. the second round of the interview resurfaces and they're like, oh, just to clarify those remarks. And it's like, oh, no, no, he was absolutely being racist and homophobic um, yep. uh, uh, towards towards Lewis. The whole entire uh, old guard of uh, F1 being like, well, Lewis has got a, you know, he's got tough skin and he should toughen up and he should just put his head down. And, and it's like a bunch of old British yep. white dudes uh, <laughs> being like, hey, it's fine. Racism is not that big a deal. You're fine. Then uh, Bernie going on to. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, Good morning, Britain. Uh, and being like, I would still take a bullet for Vladimir Putin. He's a misunderstood businessman. Uh, Lewis needs to just like toughen up, like all in the same interview. Wild awfulness. Yeah. I just want to like, yep. let's get that out of the way. And we don't have to talk about it because it was talked about a lot. Uh, but let's talk about this race weekend. Holy shit, John. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess I, and I feel like this is the world balancing itself out that we have, uh, the week starts with that mm-hmm. super hot garbage. And, and I want to be clear, like the super hot garbage didn't just end with PK's statement and even no, Bernie's no. remarks, but even in just like the way that you watched, you know, a combination of like default responses coming out responses that were still trying to be vague and not even directly address you know nelson pk and and the whatnot fact that the um, former that the current world champion is dating nelson pk's daughter and was asked yeah. explicitly what his thoughts were and he's like uh i feel like i don't need to i've said enough and it was like no this is precisely the time when you should be saying something uh yeah yeah just a lot of like pretty pretty yeah some some just yeah Yeah. just just a just another sort of like reminder of like even in these upper echelons and even when the sport itself is being very outwardly progressive internally is it doing the same thing Uh, quite seem that way no doesn't quite seem that way no no um sorry it's yeah uh, yeah, so, yeah, no, you're I mean, you're right. It, it, that's that's an important an important bit of context for this weekend showing up the way that it did and being from the lowest of the lows to all right. So so Carlito qualifies on pole, which I think was super exciting for mm-hmm. for both of us because it's yep. something that I I didn't think we would even see that happen for a few more races, and it's something that you in particular, have been very adamant about oh. seeing Carlito get in there. So I think that was that was awesome. And I want to just fast forward just straight into the race because yeah, the race yeah, 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 starts. Yeah. yeah. The race begins and we have Carlito kind of like bogged down a little mm-hmm. bit at the front. And we I don't have, even know if he bogged down as much as Max. No, no, he didn't just, bog just, down. He got it. He had a quicker start. T- so it was like they measure like the reaction time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you yeah. You so told me this. It was so. like two point like four. Uh, two point four seconds was like the reaction, or point two four seconds was the reaction time for uh for Carlos and like, or it was like point two four six was Carlos's reaction time, and Max's was like um maybe like two one thousands fast or slower than that. Uh, so like Carlos got a great start and then the Red Bull was just like, oh, 
we're a better car. Uh, we are a yeah. faster car and just zero to 60 beat them by like two tenths. So it was just, yeah. Um, sorry. Go, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that unfold. We uh-huh. see uh, Hamilton just carve through everybody like a laser beam and jump yes. from uh, where did he, he qualified fifth, right? Yes. Qualified he jumped fifth, from yeah. fifth to third. Just mm-hmm. right, like not even close to being at the first corner. Perez and he's almost moved up two positions. Out. Like he almost yeah. stalled the car. Um, uh, Verstappen gets a great run. Carlos has like a, a mediocre uh, run versus Verstappen, and Hamilton has this like lightning start and Alonso has a lightning start and Norris has like a pretty decent start. So we've got like that part of the field just absolutely on it. Uh, And then, yeah. And so during the live broadcast, the camera cuts from watching everybody head down the straight to then to the outside of that Mm -hmm. first corner. We start seeing everybody carving through and I spotted in that instant, you know, chaos in the background. You could see smoke and you could see yeah. sparks. And I saw a car. I couldn't tell whose it was. Yeah. On its on its lid, basically upside yeah. down, sliding at racing speed, completely yeah. upside down through the shot. And then we go into this terrifying sort of thing that happens uh, when when you see these races, when you watch the sport long enough. You see one of these things where there's something that's happened. They red flagged the race immediately. Mm-hmm. Said everybody, you know, this is it. Come in. We're we're pausing the race right yeah. now. And then the cameras don't show what happened. They don't show the replay, which is a horrifying sense. So this because the second shot that they showed. So it was like the first shot is like down the straight. You see the cars take off. Uh, and then that second shot is from the perspective of like down the straight, the reverse angle. And I think this is what you're saying where you're like, oh, I think I saw some like smoke and like some like maybe some like carbon fiber or some body work go up in the air. Mm-hmm. And then that third shot that they show is like a different angle of the cars entering that turn. Uh, entering that first turn. So it's like a not like a it's just a, a like a different angle. Uh, down the racetrack so you see just all the cars and they're supposed to come all around this turn and go straight and after like after you saw the glimpse of like bodywork and then a car on its uh, roof it cuts to that angle and you just see that car fly through the frame almost ahead of everybody else uh like just through mm-hmm. the gravel still upside down uh and like you start to see that it is like a whitish reddish a car and i i i still couldn't figure out what it was uh at that moment um yeah so crazy and so yeah i mean and so the the race goes on hold and i think it was about 10 minutes before Mm -hmm. they explained before we had a clear sense of what had happened and then we saw the replay and so uh uh a few cars got tangled up yeah and the the worst of which caught in that tangle was Zhou Guan Yu, yeah. whose car flipped almost immediately upside down onto its roof and kept traveling across the racing surface. Um, when I say roof, uh, there is no roof on these cars. No. It's, it's skating across basically on the halo 
and on the you know the support beam that's behind but the because helmet, it like getting across because it flipped on its on its lid at speed like that as soon as that roll hoop so that like crash structure above the halo as soon as that made contact with the the concrete it started to shear that thing off and just yeah those things are designed to like down splinter gashes in the yeah yeah, we've seen follow-up uh you know reporting showing gashes in the pavement it's so that uh, thing just gets uh, demolished like probably within the first like 30 to 50 feet of Zhou Guan Yu being on uh on the top of the car so like I'm I mean he's probably like literally watching the ground get closer to his head as he's grinding as it's as the ground is grinding through the upper portion of his car at high speed it then moves from the racing surface into the gravel which to me was really disconcerting because I was imagining that all those crash structures and the halo would basically sink into the gravel and then leave his head unprotected. He went straight through. We were texting back and forth. And when we had that realization, I I like, I put my phone down for a second was like, Oh, okay. I need, I like we, we could be getting some of the most horrific news, like imaginable, uh, when they come back uh and show what happened so yeah uh that was nuts but uh and and you know that was not the end of it yeah his journey ends with the car hitting the crash barriers immediately popping up over them and flying directly into the catch fence and there's a number of videos he never made contact with the tire barrier he like oh it, oh oh it's because there was a there was a little roadway there yeah. that caught a wheel yep so it like it caught that thing and just flipped him perfectly over the tire wall so like the other thing that's designed to like disperse all of this kinetic energy that is that this car has generated by traveling a hundred miles an hour <laughs> towards that uh, that barrier, it's supposed to dissipate all that energy, but it missed that barrier and like flew into the fence behind it. Just mm-hmm. wild. Just oh. yeah, flew into the catch fence that is there solely to protect the fans. Yeah. And if you watch the footage, there's there's a number of clips and there's one that I haven't been able to find since the event, but like m- minutes after the event unfolded on Twitter was posted up, which showed people standing directly in front and several people getting out of their seats and yeah. running yeah. away as this car is hurtling towards their their spectator seats at the Grand yeah. Prix. Like last um, literally last week our podcast we talked about how intense these vehicles are, how scary they can be to be close to and like how a riveting the experience is of being close to these things that are generating thousands of explosions per second and traveling at un like uncomprehendable speed. Uh, even when you're watching it in person. So like as a fan, having that thing traveling upside down at you at like 80 miles an hour, traveling through gravel, spitting up like a wave of stones and gravel ahead of it, like razor sharp carbon fiber flying through the air in like a dust cloud. And then it gets airborne. Like that is that was the scariest part for me, John, was like watching. Mm-hmm 
watching it go sliding from that. I think that one of the perspectives you're talking about of the thing coming at them and then like getting airborne and people having that moment of like, oh, we're about to watch a crash. Cause John, we've been to races before. We've seen people crash. We've seen like, and everyone goes to the fence to be like, whoa, what just happened? This is the first time I've ever seen a crowd of people like run. I mean, just yeah. book uh, with good reason. Um, because if you Google why Mercedes left Formula One for a long period of time, it was because of the worst incident that ever happened at a Grand Prix. And it involved a car leaving the track and uh, killing a whole bunch of spectators. So this like there, there's just so much that like this moment invoked um, in the moment, but also like historically just a very scary moment for every person watching and every person involved um wild uh so yeah, yeah. this is again this is not even <laughs> we could, five we seconds could talk, of the race not even five yeah, seconds yeah we and we could we passed. could literally yeah. talk for 40 more minutes about things like what triggered the event what was the mm-hmm. you know what were the safety implications what was up with george russell pulling off the track and then jumping out of his car to run to run see over. if one yeah. of his one of one of his colleagues was was safe and whatnot like all these other factors but let's 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 dive right into yeah. it. so because the race the, then the, happened the after race, this and it was the, race, the best yeah. race i'm sure anyone who's alive has seen in a while uh, so so yeah. luckily luckily we get the news that Zhou guan yu is doing good. Mm-hmm. He's he is fine. He is moving about. Uh, Not just the paramedics fine, have checked him but out, but like walking around, no broken bones, no bruises. Like he was okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He worse was, off. He was Alex totally Alvon, all good. He uh, ended up getting into a shunt that like sent part of the chaos of that crash. Alex Albon yeah. hit the wall and like hit it going just as fast, but had no runoff, had nothing to stop. So he like he did some damage to himself. He's got some bruises, but he's also okay. Yep. Uh cleared to leave the hospital later. Um but yeah, uh yeah. luckily. And I mean he's okay. both both of both of them basically airlifted from the track to the hospital, and uh Zhou Guan Yu was back at the racetrack before mm-hmm. the race even ended. So the race, the race restarts. They do a very unusual full on restart where they just reset pole position, um, yep. you know, or, or the qualifying positions. But that's I think that they, this this is like a thing that's default, like a default thing that happens if the race doesn't clear if if the cars do not clear the first sector or something like that within the first uh-huh. lap. Uh, and the fly, uh, the race is red flagged. They just reset the grid, so it just goes back to how it was, which uh, sucks. Uh, is great, but it sucked because oh my god, Lewis Hamilton had one of the best starts. Um, after qualifying, yeah. like he could have, he damn near could have gotten pole position because the conditions were uh, tricky during qualifying, and the Mercedes brought a bunch of upgrades that are great and made the car very drivable. Um, mm-hmm. and competitive. That's also part of the story here is this race for the first time all season, for the first time in, I don't, probably our lifetime, there has been a three-way fight for, a, like a real genuine three-way fight for te- like team-wise uh, for pole position. So like any mm-hmm. of the six drivers could have gotten pole position. Uh, and with yep. conditions being a little dicey, Lando could have gotten pole position too. So there were seven people who could have gotten pole position during qualifying 
again, not uh, sorry to go back, but like that's part of the framing of this weekend. Uh, so race gets back underway. Lewis doesn't have a great start. He does not. Uh, Carlos though. Oh, Carlos came with the thunder. Uh, he, I've, I, I loved watching him race max down that, uh, down that straight off the line. That was so mm-hmm. great to watch him just be like, I am going to s- limit your options, Max. I know exactly what yep. you're going to try to do because I just watched you do it. And I kind of yep. blew it on the did first the, one. He did, he did the chop. This was like a Michael Schumacher move of yep. the, the, you know, late nineties. I feel yeah. like yes. this aggressive, just closing in on your, on your opponent right off the starting line. Don't worry as much about going forward as you do worry about going laterally. And that, ended up resulting by the end of this sort of like initial wow. S-bend that we go through. We had almost four cars wide all yeah. jockeying for first first place. Uh, unbelievable. And not the last time during the race that we saw that kind of insane uh, uh, melee yeah. of, of, of racing going and on. This was foreshadowing John, because the same four cars that were involved with that like crazy ass battle for second place at the end of the race were these same four cars that were battling for position behind Carlos. Like that, it was the same, uh, except for Max, uh, I guess, cause Max, Max had a rough race, uh, later, but we'll get to that. But, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, that was wild. Just that, again, that first turn. Uh, and it was, this is one of the reasons why they say whenever the, the cars line up on the grid after that formation lap, it's whenever the commentators go, oh, yeah, he's lined up and pointed right at uh, yeah. the racing line of second place. That's the chop. That's what you're talking about here, John. That's And that is like a Schumacher move. So to watch a Ferrari line up like that and do that exact move on Silverstone, like off the grid at Silverstone is like, yep. again, it just invokes this like, oh my God, that's a Fer- that's someone driving a Ferrari in a ruthless way. It was also way. cool to see Carlos, yeah, bringing that level of ruthlessness because I think yeah. Carlos is a very, uh, drives with a tremendous amount of like respectful integrity yes. typically. Yes. And, uh, and it was nice to see him get a little, get a little cutthroat like that. So, uh, not that much longer after the start, it started to feel like Carlos was becoming a, a sitting duck as Max yeah. was, was honing even in said on. it on the radio. He's like, I think he's quicker than me. Like he literally just said it. Um, like it was like, and, yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and which, you know, that hurt my heart to hear that. And was just sort of like, a, oh, no, that's like he's already given up even defending the position. And yeah. like a beautiful little miracle, uh, it, almost in that exact moment, um, you know, Verstappen gets around him. Yeah. And then almost immediately after reports over the radio, I think I ran over a bit of carbon. Um, I think I have a puncture. Yeah. yeah. I've got a puncture. There's something that's going on. Dives right into the pits. They give him a fresh, fresh rubber. He goes right back out. Uh, There's something. Did you guys put another flat tire on me? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It took, it took, it took like 10 or 15 laps. I think before 
it seemed to be sort of solved as like, okay, there's something like the underfloor of your car has been damaged in some way that it's really compromising your aerodynamic yeah. balance. And basically Which, he was. That's pretty impressive because I think one of the things that at the start of the season that everyone was worried about was like, oh, with these, these cars, with these, uh, with the under uh, carriage, uh, with that being the central focus of aerodynamics, these cars have to go over curbs and they're because they're not allowing them to be sprung as uh, in a forgiving way. Uh, the spring package and suspension is much stiffer and the floors are much more precious. And the idea was like, hey, if these things run over the curbs, which F1 cars have to do to get the best lap time, it was going to compromise the floors. But that hasn't happened this season up until 10 rounds in. And it wasn't even him going over a curb. It was him going over bodywork him going over carbon fiber yeah. from do we know that it incident? wasn't him going over a curb because i know there was also just in general a lot of people talking about uh yeah. there's some stuff with during i think the formula three race that was there there was an incident that seemed to be triggered by the as they call them the sausage curbs oh well that uh, was and then there's always there's that, that was beautiful. also yeah yeah nasani b we don't need to get into that but nasani is like Oh boy, is he a dangerous person to let drive a car uh, in F two? I'll have to, I'll have to dig, I'll have to dig deeper into that. There was yeah, also you, a beautiful yeah. video that I think you reposted of the uh, the Aston Martin medical car, this yes. big, uh, disgusting looking SUV that the they turtle, have running around yeah. the track. <laughs> the turtle, yes, uh, and and it took a bite out of one of the curbs and went yeah. straight up. Onto two wheels, and yeah. uh, you know, to me, I was just like, "Yeah, that's awesome. Do uh, do yeah. that more." I mean, I if you've that, got yeah. an SUV, you might as well smash it over the curbs, you know. Yeah, that's the point. Um, but yeah, so that that, but what what Max said in a post race interview was he saw a bit of body work, and usually what they do is, and this is like something that I hadn't even considered uh, because uh, I'm not a driver um uh not a race car driver but he's like oh yeah if you see body work if you can't avoid it the best option is to center it like right on the nose cone because mm -hmm. what happens is if you're traveling at a rate of speed those cars are also wedges it will like and i think he said it will it obliterate yeah. no no he said like obliterate uh. the bodywork and just blow it up completely and then it like just destroys it to the point of where it can't be big enough and it gets caught in like this cloud of air that just sends it off the back of the car. So you never like fully touch the thing. But I guess what happened was it went under the car and just shredded the rear left hand side of uh, of the floor. So like it basically like as it went under the car, it did that thing that you hear like when you go over like a can and you hear it like kick up under and hit like your stuff under your car. That's what this bodywork did to the Red Bull floor and just like took like individual random chunks out of the back of it, um, which made it much slower, but did not retire, did not retire the car. I mean, mm -hmm. that's very impressive. Uh, but yes. And, car, and I mean, the yeah. fact that the fact that it sounded like the car was uh, effectively, it sounded like it was undrivable. And I think you got to give yeah. it to to Max for being able to to keep that thing 
uh, keep it competitive you know, together and, and, and yeah. to race Shumi at the end of uh, at the end of this the, what the a Grand bastard. Prix, which what uh, a bastard. What, yeah, we'll come yeah, back to that. Yeah, that what, was the nice yeah. little like that was like the Marvel after the credits scene at the yes. end of the at the end of the race. Um, so sure. all right, sure. uh, as as the race unfolds, and I'm going to kind of like warp through some yeah, some yeah. stuff, but like because yeah, there's so uh, much. to me the, the the biggest thing that we saw transpiring was Hamilton is mm-hmm. holding on to these hard tires like a champ yeah and he is he is everyone else is coming into pit and we're hearing hamilton setting fastest lap yep they're calling to him you you know lewis you ready to pit you ready to come in and he's saying nah man tires are feeling great tires are strong and great yeah tires are wonderful i'm like i'm in the zone i'm loving this let's do this and to me that's always a a beautiful sign and it was so great uh, to see hamilton leading the british grand prix like after not leading was, since abu dhabi last yeah, year i mean since just abu dhabi so so that so, so that wild. put that literally put hamilton uh briefly into the lead mm-hmm. of the grand prix um and yeah, beautiful, beautiful thing. Now he did end up having to uh, come in and grab himself a set of mediums, which put him right back behind the Ferraris and was like a little yeah. bit of like, oh, he could have maybe had just come out right ahead of them. He didn't have the fastest uh, pit stop. Yeah, uh, I think it was like four seconds, which kind of kind of hurt um, do it. Yeah, to, yeah. to see that. Um, but I, I will say we then have the instigating incident for the rest of the race. And we're at what we're at like lap 40 or so. I think and, so. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're, yeah. We're at lap 40 and, uh, who was it? It was Ocon. Mm-hmm. His car just loses. Ocon had just passed Verstappen. So they were like watching yep. this very intensely being like, oh, wow, look, like this is the Alpine and Red Bull are actually racing for position, uh, which, hey, that could be uh, some foreshadowing down down the road, what we may see uh, with the Alpine looking as strong as it is this year. Uh, we may see the Alpine competitive next year uh, and really pushing against Red Bull. But like seeing Ocon uh, pick his time and pick his moment uh, and then pouncing on Verstappen was like really, really fun to watch. But then Ocon immediately starts losing power. Just it, car just it, like slows to a crawl. Uh, it's looked like one of those warm up laps that you see during qualifying mm-hmm. where like, oh, you're just getting out of everybody's way because your tires aren't working. Um, yeah. So it was a, a, a fuel pump issue with the Alpine was was what it, okay. what it was uh, determined to be. So he just stops. Uh, can't even get all the way back to pit lane because there's no fuel in the car uh, or there's no fuel getting to the engine. So he pulls over on the hangar straight, like the back straight there. Yep. Triggers yeah. the safety car to come out. Mm-hmm. And basically everyone in the field, except for Charles Leclerc, yeah, have the opportunity to dive right into the pit lane. Yep. And we have we are going to have 10 laps left. And everybody heads in and grabs those softest of softy, soft, soft tires. Yep. And we know under these conditions, we are about to watch all the cars restarting 
stacked yep. up against each other as close together as could be as yep. the, the safety car is going to stack them up. They're all going to have perfectly equal, perfectly optimized tires, mm-hmm. except for Charles Leclerc. Yep. And we are going to watch a 10 lap long sprint race. Yeah. Yep. To we're, the end. We're going to get another sprint at, uh, at Silverstone. Um, uh, but also real quick, uh, just, just want to go back here. Everyone dove into the pits. Ferrari had about eight seconds to decide whether or not to pull Charles yep. Leclerc into the pits. And they didn't fucking do it. It wasn't a split second decision. It like he was, he had just gotten into, I think like sector three and they had, and there were yellow flags thrown. So he wasn't driving at speed, full safety car deployed. So he slowed way down and then they did not have him pit. So, so that was, that was our, uh, Miller genuine draft Pagliacci moment uh, of uh, scooter, yeah, scuderia yeah. Pagliacci moment, uh, yeah. brought to you yeah. uh, by what, who, who sponsors, who sponsors every race's scuderia Pagliacci moment. It should uh, be like Peroni. Uh, yeah, it should, it should be, be it uh, sh- yeah, it should be a Peroni moment. Yeah. Because you have to cheers, uh, you have to cheers with like an Italian beer. If it's an Italian, yeah. it's like a fully enveloped thing. But um, it's like a, it's like a paper cup that's actually being dissolved by the beer as you cheer yeah, it like, and uh, it's and like whatnot. A, a paper a paper cup that's made out of the same material that they make like the paper drinking straws out of. Uh, and you're you're yes. cheering yeah. back. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and the effervescence it's, of the beer is like breaking it apart as you're like cheering. Eating it. away at it, yeah. 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 And so uh, so that was our so uh, that was uh, that was a key thing. And Ferrari, yep. I think Ferrari said they didn't they weren't comfortable with the idea of double stacking the cars but clearly it was the it oh. was the the it was just the the decision yeah. that 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 shafted charles and we'll we'll come we'll come you know back to that because there's another what's also postscript funny. to the race yes yeah um uh this is like a little uh way to get us to to that postscript uh to put a pin in this so um uh <laughs> uh bonato um in, in the race, uh, post-race interview, they were like, so why didn't you bring both Ferraris in? What was the, what was the problem, right? Uh, and his response was, well, our strategy was compromised. Everybody else only had one car out there. We had two to worry about. And it's like, hey, isn't that like the best possible thing to have is to have like more like perfect options um you have two cars one and two you could have easily pulled them both in and like double stacked them and even had like not the fastest pit stop and even if it was like oh charl inverted because there was like a quicker pit stop or whatever they could have inverted the cars back so just all these things were like hey ferrari stop don't don't say you were compromised because you had two cars in the race and everybody else only had one. That is like the exact opposite of how this works. Don't do that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was effectively like after finding water in the desert, we were compromised because we had two cups of water yeah. to carry, and then we banged them into each other and spilled them into the sand, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, and then died died of uh, of, of thirst. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. so so we have Ugh. now literally the beginning of this ten lap from from lap like. 41 or 42 until Mm -hmm. the final 50 uh 50 second lap of the race we have this sprint that unfolds that like i can't even articulate beat by beat what was happening like to me it's like trying to like pick apart at the end of of avengers endgame like what were the moves that the superheroes were doing? It's like, I don't know. It was just all the best guys all at once doing yeah. all the craziest shit. And just like, it and was like incredible. Doing their we like textbook, it. like their moves where it was like the, the one thing that really stuck out to me, uh, was like, it was, <laughs> and I don't know which I th- maybe it's like, okay. Uh, if we're doing analogies for Avengers, um, this was the moment of, uh, on your left, uh, in the moment when uh, when oh, I, when Alonzo showed up, exactly, that, and it yep. was like, oh yep. my god, Alonzo's there too! Oh no, and he's right behind Lewis! Yes. Oh no, so we, this is it's happening. So we're watching, we're watching Leclerc and Signs duke mm-hmm. it out with each other, who are also duking it out with Hamilton, and then Perez is moving in from the back, and then on your left is all of a sudden entering the into the camera shots. They're like, what, who is that? Oh my God. It's Alonzo. It's Alonzo like, with it, fresh tires too. And it's not like he was like, Oh, Alonzo limped his way. Alonzo pitted and had fresh tires and very low fuel on a car with upgrades. <laughs> that was like keeping pace with everybody else. Uh, during like free practice three, when everyone's like, Oh, well, let's do race pace. Let's do race runs. Uh, Alpine was keeping up or it's the end of free practice too when they do that but they do like hey what are, what's everyone's like average lap speed at low fuel runs Alpine was like fourth on the list <laughs> uh, so and they got their best driver in the game and it's Fernando um oh, God, absolute so mayhem cool. absolute so cool. mayhem yeah and so uh I I have to say during this portion of the race it was excellent racecraft excellent battling through the corners passing and exchanging positions back and forth and without anything that seemed too dirty it was a lot of like some of the toughest yet fairest racing that i've seen and i'm talking there are moments where we are watching four cars going into the corner side by side like um, not low and, speed corners either. There are no low speed corners oh no. at Silverstone. No, that's, not at that's Silverstone. That's the thing yeah. too. Is like you can see like yeah, four into one is tricky. Three into one is tricky. Two into one is tricky in slow speed corners. These corners, I think the slowest speed corner there is like sixty miles an hour. That's not. And by we're we're watching these guys duke it out in corners where they're going hundred and eighty. You know, yeah, inches apart from yeah. each other, and I mean, it was just absolutely incredible to see, and and constantly on a on a on a razor's edge. And mm-hmm. so, this was got... when I texted you. My heart can't take this because I could like yeah. so much was happening. Uh, I was like trying to make notes uh, in my notebook here, but also trying to like text you and trying to watch, and I couldn't process what was happening. I could not process. Um, oh, the oh, ooh, one more thing. During the mayhem, like 
of that uh, of, of those four cars vying for second position they did like the longest replay i have ever seen yeah. them do yeah. in like yeah. the most that was critical infuriating I, that, I was screaming at yeah. my tv and not in a good way like screaming like show the race well just show the race what are you doing so it, this is oh. This, I think, is a holdover from a previous era of Formula One where there would be potentially so little action during the course of a race that anytime anything remotely notable would happen, even as mundane as a pit stop, they would yeah. show replay after replay after replay of a let's examine it from other angles and let's see it again and whatnot. Yep. And so it would be treated as like if there's one of the five passes that unfold during a race, we'll spend like two minutes straight watching it from every different angle so you can evaluate slow it. And it's motion sort of like on the, board the broadcast, different camera yeah. angles different like and i and i think the broadcasters just don't know what to do when there's like constant non-stop yeah. action so but this uh, is like I, I don't think like watching like like the old school like watching like murray like call these races like yeah like it's possible for the commentators to keep up with the action if like Murray Walker yeah. could do it uh, back in the days of yep. Senna and Prost, then like, and like Nigel, uh, right. And like, like literally like, come on, dude, you, you have a team of four people uh, plus a whole broadcast group and uh, like back in base being like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff happening on track. We could just show anything else that's happening. Anything, any mm -hmm. of the live action. Uh, yeah. It was really, really upsetting. So hmm. we have over the, the broadest thing that I can describe is like, there's mayhem, there's chaos. It's absolutely nuts. Eventually Carlos signs kind of is able to like pull away from the rest of the packed pack while they descend into pure chaos behind yeah. him. And I'm talking, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Perez somehow sneaking up on everybody and getting after, into the mix after got, hitting and being last at the restart this is yeah, again one yep. of those like there was another story here and i can't wait to see that kind of unpacked uh on how he recovered because perez they kept showing like verstappen complaining about his and it was like hey perez is definitely like slicing his way through the entire field uh, and doing it quietly without complaining, without anything at all. Like, why are you focusing on Max's race? I get that he's the world champion and he's the leading, uh, and he's leading in points. And this was like a critical race. And, but like, come on, there's a lot of other stuff happening. Um, like I'll yeah, too much to focus on <laughs> uh, literally. So. Yeah, and I mean that's that's really worth noting, and it, and and yeah, so much chaos going on. He did get driver of the hard day. To, he did get he driver, did get of, the driver day, of the day as he should have. Well, well deserved. But yeah, basically, at lap six, had to go into the pits and yeah. came out uh, in in seventeenth place, literally yeah. the last. Which the three last cars had retired car at that point, so yeah, track. yeah, it was the last car on track. Um, yeah, wow. So. We have uh, it's it's unbelievable. We have uh, we have Perez into the mix. We have Leclerc uh, fighting with his his somewhat compromised tires. Mm -hmm. We've got Hamilton 
in the mix. And then, you know, oh, we the, forgot the shark, to mention the... that Leclerc ran with a damaged front wing and like oh, his yes. race yeah. was yeah, compromised yeah. pretty much from like the first pretty much the whole way through. Yeah. Like after the restart, he was compromised the whole race. Yeah, he had ran... like a missing end plate or, yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. to that effect. Uh, uh, and so, you know, this all this all culminates in a finishing order of of signs then perez and then lewis hamilton who also yeah. nailed the fastest lap on the yeah. last uh lap of the race and then the cameras cut over to something that we had been watching in the sort of like box in the corner of the screen while all this madness was unfolding which is uh bless his heart yep mick schumacher yeah uh, whose who's call sign on the scoreboard is the same as his father, Michael Schumacher's. It's MSC. Legendary, legendary, legendary Michael Schumacher. Legendary Michael Schumacher, MSC, same call sign. If his father could see this, he would be unbelievably proud to know yeah. that his son, Mick Schumacher, has for the first time ever made it into the the first 10 positions which are critical because those are the positions that you have to be in to score points and for a smaller mm -hmm. team to score even one point is a financial benefit for that team that will change the entire trajectory of the rest of their season of the following yep. season of everything that comes after the scoring of even a single point and he has made his way into eighth place and not only that but he has in front of him the compromised car of 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 Max Verstappen uh, up there, right in front of him, desperate to yeah. hold him back. And, desperate because uh, he Max is Max is fully in damage limitation mode at this point. He is in the mode yep. of like I have to maintain because my main rival Charles Leclerc is going to score more points than me, and I need to maintain my point spread because. We've dealt with reliability issues. We're, I'm dealing with it right now. Like, I've got to hold on to as many points as I can. Meanwhile, we've got Mick Schumacher, who is like heir to the throne uh, of, uh, of like the Ferrari um, uh, top driver uh, mantle, like that he. He will drive for Ferrari one day, uh, especially after scoring points for one of their junior teams. Uh, and like not just scoring one world championship point. Like it's important because like a lot of these first time point scorers like just barely eke out that 10th spot and they like fight tooth and nail for it. And they do it in cars that are pretty good, but they're just not up to the level of the other drivers. But like he drove for what was he was competing for seventh place against the current world against the reigning world champion in yep. like a compromised car where their cars are basically equal and he was beating max on raw pace oh, and race he was craft. he was beating him and and i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it i thought max was an absolute bastard and yeah was that was doing gross. like some of the dirtiest racecraft yeah that i think we saw this in this race that was full of some incredibly skilled racing it really looked like max was saying i would rather take us both out yep. than have mick schumacher get around me on the last three laps of this yep. race and i thought that was that it was really pretty, did pretty look, dirty pretty gnarly 
it really did look that way. And I understand again, and like I don't understand because I'm not a world champion, and I don't want to win a world champion uh, chip uh, as a wanna, Formula wanna, One driver. I, wanna, I, I mean, I, I want to win. I want to win. I mean, I would love uh, to win. It, there are so many steps between it, but um, but like I can understand that Max needs these points, but to do yeah. to drive the way that he did, this was like Max driving. The way that he used to when I was like, Ugh, I hope this guy doesn't stick around in F1 because he drives dirty. He drives dangerously. Mm-hmm. He puts other people at risk. He will be willing to take himself out. Um, he'll put himself in someone else's path and be like, you're going to, we got to play chicken now. Uh, and that's like horrifying to watch. Uh, and to do it against Schumacher is also a like, don't touch that kid. Don't touch that kid. He's uh, he's he's our precious little baby boy, and everyone loves him so much. He's the darling of the F1 paddock uh, for good reason. Not just because he's Michael's son, but because he is mm-hmm. like a solid dude, like a very solid dude in the sport uh, and put up with a lot with uh, an awful teammate and kept his mouth shut and still put in the work and just let his work speak for itself uh, and has just He's been great. So to watch Max like literally run him off the road, like he ran him off the track, and I yeah. like sh- I yelled so uh, oh yeah, uh, I screamed um, and not in a good way <laughs> when that happened. Uh, I was cursing at Max because, dude, you almost ran Mick Schumacher off the road because uh, you were fighting dirty. <sighs> so. Uh... I mean, that that pretty much closes out the race. There's one other thing that I want to touch on, which we mm-hmm. forgot to bring up, which was before Carlos Sainz was to be victorious in this final sprint oh, yeah. section of the race. As they were behind the safety car waiting for basically it to be go time and yeah. for everyone to to go to battle which is so awesome it's such a like great moment of like tension build up when you know what's coming and everyone's on the same tires and whatnot there were these radio communications going back and forth between carlos and the team in which the team were advocating for him to let's make sure that we let charles you know have some space what were they saying? Give them, give so them there's, ten car lengths. There's of, a rule. Yeah, give during the give the, the give the rundown. So the rolling restart rule is you have to behind a safety car. Um, uh, and I don't think that this is the same for virtual safety car because that's like uh, maintain like a, a percentage of your throttle speed over the course of the lap. But when you're behind the safety car, when the race restarts, you are allowed to give the person in front of you ten car lengths but you're not allowed to go over that. So that's the maximum allotted amount of space that you can give the car in front of you before you then maybe face a penalty by the stewards. So um, that is the maximum, but the minimum is you just have to have your front wing behind their rear tire. That is the old, that is as, that is the most amount mm-hmm. of quarter you need to give to the person in front of you. And Ferrari, ooh, they were trying to do Carlos dirty. They were really trying to do them dirty. Um, what, do, what 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 part of the radio communications uh, do you do? You well, I think the I, I mean I think the just the key the key thing is that in that moment we heard we heard Carlos basically say, 
oh, please, guys, no, no, like, don't give me this, you know, don't give me these orders. Like, I want to be a team player. And I think, and it wasn't like a sort of like, say whatever you want to me, I'm going to do my own thing. He he did a little bit of like, no, guys, you owe me. Yes. Let me, let me fight my teammate. Let me prove to you that I can do this. So the the, and in, the phrase that he used was, you are inventing things. Why are you yeah. inventing things? And that, like, that right there was a like, hey, that in, in, in the most respectful way possible, Carlos was saying, you don't, don't, don't with me. I get that I'm driving your car, but like, I'm driving your car. You me last time. Don't try me again. Uh, yeah. So that was you're inventing things. Stop inventing things was the last radio communication before the restart was you're inventing things. Why are you inventing things? Stop inventing things. So, mo- you know, within the basically the first thing that happens is the cars come in and everyone is, you know, climbing out of their cars is we see uh, Mattia Bonotto go straight to Charles Leclerc. And Uh it was, it was beautiful that they caught this on the world feed and, Mm -hmm. and captured this specific moment. It was a really quick, like, get over here. We have to talk real quick. And we just saw, uh, (laughs) Benotto's finger just wagging wagging, in, in Charles face. And I think the commentators even called it out immediately Mm -hmm. as like, uh, and very accurately him saying, I know we just f- you. Mm-hmm. Do not. You are about to go in front of all the microphones. Do not talk sh- about your team. I know you have every reason in the world yep. to do so. You do not do that to us. Do yep. not do that to us. Our relationship as a driver and a team depends on what you do in the next 17 minutes yep. of interviews that you're going to be thrust through and whatnot. Do not throw your team under the bus. Be a team player for the love of God. Like yeah. not even, not even having the bandwidth to say, I want to apologize for what we did. Yeah, there was, that was not an over. apologetic he, interaction. He, he was, had, yeah. he had to go straight to, I know you basically, I know this is what's going to come out of you. Mm-hmm. Do not do it. You it need to know right now. There is left going to hand be. on Charles shoulder and right hand finger right in Charles yep. face, like literally doing the, like, now listen here, like that cadence, whatever you think a finger is doing when someone goes, now you listen here, buddy. That is what we saw. And there was one of those, one of Ooh. the interviews that followed was somebody just straight up saying, um, you know, uh, hey, uh, so we saw Bonotto uh, approaching you with what looked like some intense words immediately after the race. Yep. What did he have to say to you? Like, yeah. what was he saying to you? And and Charles' response was like, well, I was very frustrated, so he was trying to cheer me up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I think one of the other commentators like chimed in and said, "Yeah, no, no, my my good friends always wag their finger in my <laughs> face when they're trying to cheer me yeah, up. That's, yeah. uh, ah, that's the but, way that typically p- goes." Part of that was spawned from. So it wasn't just a. Uh, they weren't just letting us hear what 
Carlos was saying back and forth to Ferrari. They were letting us hear what Charles was saying as well. And Charles was basically saying what you would imagine someone was saying in that moment, which is, why didn't you pit me? Why didn't you pit me for yeah. fresh tires? You guys are putting me... I don't know how I'm going to win this race. I can't win this race like this. It's not going to happen. Why didn't you bring me in? Why, like, come on, guys. What the f***? Like, that was the tone that you're hearing from Charles on the radio. And I'm sure that was the stuff they allowed to be broadcast because yep. he sounded yeah, yeah. very no, I'm, I'm sure he was absolutely incensed. And, I mean, given yeah. the, the history Justifiably of so. you know, the yeah. recent the the recent just the very recent history mm-hmm. of how uh ferrari has failed him hence hence us referring to them as scuderia pagliacci yeah uh you know uh, oh. that it was uh it was it was amazing to uh to see that unfold so uh i mean you know from here i i don't even know what else to kind of soak in about this this was oh, an incredible mick. we got to talk about mick oh yes yes uh, yeah, yeah we're please. not done. Uh, on the not on the topic done. of radio yeah. on the topic of radio communications uh, yes. what was what was mick uh, saying uh, what was what so was they brilliant come out, they come out yeah his race engineer i i, I don't know what his race engineer's name is but he was like he's like oh great job out there brilliant drive brilliant drive right and make us like i can't believe this is so great thank you guys so much you guys are brilliant you guys are brilliant and he he kept swearing and they like cut it off uh not cut it off but they kept bleeping it and then the next phrase that he says is oh please excuse the swearing i'm sorry like and just like immediately apologizes for swearing because he knows he's a very he's got bless a con- his, bless his heart yeah i love, I love uh i part love of this, this media this, training this little, this little, I, little guy yeah i really i think he genuinely he knows because of the example his father set for him and the example that his father knew mick was going to be setting for younger drivers was like you always take care. The example you set, the radio communications that you hear, you've heard my radio communications, right? That means that everyone is going to hear your stuff too. So it's not just about like, be respectful. It's going to get bleeped. It's, you know, it's uh, Michael storming someone else's garage after a collision. It's like all that stuff that he knows that Mick watched uh, and is like, hey, you can't behave like that. Uh, and I think having Nikita as his teammate last year was a very clear, like, yes, I learned the right way. I did this yep. the right yep, yep. way. And my dad did not fail me in any way in his training. What a, what a, what a gosh darn swell chap. Truly. That, that makes you mocker. Oh, what a, what a good, I love good it. kid. Um, I love and, it. I love and, it. And his sister, uh, celebrated to Gina, uh, Gina Schumacher, who is, uh, his sister, who's a mm-hmm. competitive, I think like competitive dressage, <laughs> um, uh, oh, person wow. like of she course, does of fancy course. horse dancing. Um, uh, so she is, or at least she's a rodeo rider. Uh, she rides horses professionally, but she is, uh, uh one of his biggest fans and biggest supporters and mm-hmm. was like brought up in the same culture as, as Mick. And she got to celebrate with him and got to like get on the radio and congratulate him too. And it was so cool yeah. to hear Mick be like, thank you, Gina. Like it was just, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, and then did you catch the post-race interview, the post-race show, John? 
No. What what uh, uh what did I miss? You missed an even more beautiful moment. And it was Mick being interviewed, of course, by uh by Will and I think Julian Palmer were doing the post race interviews. And in that media pen, like Mick comes in and he they're like, Congratulations, Mick, that's so great, it's so wonderful. Uh and then like you hear a commotion off camera. Uh and then like you see like kind of the crowd parting out of the way and out trots none other than Sebastian Vettel, and he like runs in and runs underneath the, the, uh. the, the stanchion and comes in and gives him like a big hug. And it's just like looking uh, at Mick it. with like those eyes, just being like, dude. This is someone who cares so much about not just like the fact that he is the son of the man who like inspired him, but just being like, mm-hmm. wow, I wish I could be like a dad to him. Like, I am so happy to be a dad to him. I'm happy to step into this moment and like offer up my like praise. Uh, and also he said, he's like, uh, and I, I was doing this a bunch when, when they were showing Mick, uh, battle max. And just as he was coming up through the field, I was literally yelling, go Mick, go, go Mick, go. And Sebastian was like, yeah, I was like watching him from behind and like screaming into my helmet, go Mick, go, go Mick, go. And I was like, yeah, Sebastian, all of us were literally like, I can't imagine anyone who wasn't in that moment who understands that situation uh to be like eh, i mean it's no big deal it was like no no you're shouting go mick go and yep of course seb is shouting, i mean and yeah. and how how you know not to not to bring us down on a somber note but i mean how yeah. unbelievably sad that we yeah. we don't have his his father seven-time world champion you know uh talking talking to him over the radio yeah in in moments like this and uh, uh and seb but yeah Seb got to got to drive Nigel Mansell's uh, uh, Ferrari around the the track. Um, he like retrofitted it to uh, biodiesel to do like a a parade lap on Sunday. And, oh, nice! Uh, and, and yeah, I saw and I saw Nigel Mansell there at the track. Uh, there was a number of a big lot, yeah. uh, big celebrities that I think the you know I, it, to me it's always like then seeing uh, they they cut to. Uh, Tom Cruise, alpha uh-huh. human of all humans in the uh, in the Mercedes garage, yeah. hanging out there, sitting uh, like a uh, 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 catty corner to uh, Toto. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like literally like right up in there, like leaning in and being like, hey, what if we switch the strategy to this? Oh, yeah. OK. Like, OK, Tom, sure, Mr. Sure. Cruise. Um, uh, he was there, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, they were saying that um, uh the dude who directed uh, Top Gun, Joe Kaczynski. Yes, right. Joseph uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who is going to be directing the Formula One film. He was there, uh, uh, walking around the paddock, uh, kind of looking at like literal, like where cameras are set up to film the races. Uh, and he was accompanied by Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, so they uh, literally had the producing partners there looking at this. Uh, that's so. fascinating. I mean, what an awesome, I mean, yeah. could there be a more cinematic no. race to capture? And that, that was what I was seeing about was, I was just wondering, cause I don't think Tom Cruise his his name has been floated as being a part of this, you know, Brad Pitt produced formula one film, but I have to imagine, I have to imagine he'll be with a part Joe, of with Joe Kaczynski, who's done a few movies with Tom Cruise now. And, yeah. you know, uh, potentially it going through, you know, if, if Paramount's going to have any involvement, cause like Tom Cruise is now basically kind of a like president of Paramount pictures and whatnot. So like, whatever I, I could geek by out about default. This, yeah. This stuff. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, they awesome, were there. Awesome Keanu Reeves and like Jimmy. Keanu Reeves, yeah, was Keanu in there, Reeves was floating there. around. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, he was he was literally bopping in and out of everybody's garage. Uh, it was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, just a bunch of I mean, bunch of celebs there. Um, but it was it was really great to to see the the tail end of that interview where like Mick and and Seb were kind of like broing out a little bit and um, yeah. Uh, Mick being like, I just wanted to take a moment here to say how cool it was to see Seb out driving uh, Nigel's car, and like, you know, maybe someday uh, we can both take out uh, a couple of Ferraris on track someday. And Seb was like, I would really like that. And it was just this like perfect moment mm-hmm. of like, ah, y'all, y'all could have just cut the the interviews there, and I didn't need to see anybody else. Uh, it was the first interview that they did too, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just just so great. Uh, I love, love, love seeing that relationship and love seeing Mick actually score points and like multiple we've points. Been, we've been, we've been waiting to see that happen and yeah. what an awesome, what an awesome, uh, event and venue to see that finally I mean, happen. So John, this thing had all of the things that we've been asking for all of it. I mean, Lewis was on the podium. He was competitive the whole weekend. Both Mercedes were. Uh, we got to see uh, we got to see Carlos win. <laughs> we got to yep. see Mick score points, uh, and we got to see um, not see or hear uh, Christian Horner's voice uh, during the yeah, interview. That's a good point. We didn't hear Christian Horner's voice yeah, at all was, during the Grand Prix. That's that's quite, pretty good. Quite that's nice. Good. Yeah, um, yeah. And and you know, and I think having it all, even having this picture painted on the canvas of the the reinforcement of how serious you know this this sport is uh and and luckily how seriously this sport takes safety and and you know keeping yeah. keeping these drivers safe after seeing the the horror of uh Zhou Guan Yu's incident and yeah. finding out that he's he's fine you know it's it's all all the ingredients of some some pretty epic formula 1 racing uh yeah. do you uh do you think Formula One stock went up this week in the United States. I mean, I think that uh, certainly it went up uh, worldwide. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that this is something that uh, for sure went up in the U.S. as well because it was able to be broadcast in kind of a similar, um, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, it's it's a race that's in great Britain. So it's something that's super accessible to the, the culture here in the U S considering we are a former colony of great Mm -hmm. Britain. So like we share so many of the like same cultural, uh, nuances. So we appreciate that. And I think, uh, the stock went up because the race was so phenomenal. I mean, it was one of the best races I've ever seen. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it went up significantly. Not not necessarily yep. like through the roof the way that Miami really punched it through the roof or the Vegas announcement did, but I, I mean, think I think this is I think this kind of great racing is is more important to the long term value of this stock, and I think we'll hey too. we'll even see. I mean, if 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 Jerry Bruckheimer and Joseph Kaczynski are there trying to figure out how they make their film the most epic capturing of, of this sport and what it means. I mean, they got the best pot. They couldn't have picked sure. a better weekend to, to be there and that'll resonate. And I mean, just through the history books and everybody referring back to the excitement of this race, I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be huge for years to come. Yeah. Uh, another just side note in, in uh, American formula one scope. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it sounds like ESPN uh, locked in the deal for, I think it's three more years, yeah. which I think is a good thing. I mean, I'm excited about the prospects of like Netflix or Apple or whoever else getting their hands on the broadcast and doing wild stuff with it. But at the same time, the ESPN broadcasts have been sensational. No commercials. Yes. They use the best feed in the world, the sky feed, yes. as opposed to making their own Mickey Mouse, you know, Americanized version of it, which I think is <sighs> yeah. terrific. And presumably that's what we'll see continue for for the next three years and i think also just not rocking the boat is good for the the continued growth it's of the kind uh, of, of thing the sport in general where they've like there are broken parts of the sport and they're addressing them and fixing them this is one part of the sport mm -hmm. that really is not broken and i don't see yep. a reason to mess with it like yeah an uninterrupted feed that is based out of the sky sports uh broadcast uh like yeah that's a perfect thing to use um absolutely it's what f1 uses right like it's literally what the sport itself uses yep. so why would you want to reinvent that um yeah uh outstanding well i loved this race um what do you think uh as far as um uh as far as like a way in uh for like a filmmaker, what are your thoughts on this? Like, this is <laughs> so. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just gonna rather than even answering your your question, Corey. I'm just gonna play the uh, video message that you sent me uh, directly after the the conclusion. That was crazy. I loved it. Ah, yeah, that was yep. from your from your iPhone to uh, to God's ears. That was that was yeah. it. That was. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was it. Excellent race. Uh, I loved it. Let's let's do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's not do this all the time because my heart can't handle it. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, and Charles uh, Charles know. heart can't handle it either. Uh, we got to yeah. get Charles redemption. Hey, good good news. We've got uh, less than a week until our next race in Austria. So yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome momentum to bring to the next race. Also, uh, to see a, a comeback from from Max after mm -hmm. some some troubles, because uh, he'll be in in Red Bull. Yeah. territory those and, uh, those yeah. honda motors you'll hear them they sound unlike anything else at that specific elevation it's where those cars are tuned and dialed in so if you're looking for like a really cool engine sound that isn't like an aggressive uh high-pitched sound that you'll hear something gorgeous next uh next week when you hear those red bull engines i mean it's both red bull and alpha Tauri that will sound exquisite uh, that's one of the things I love the most about that race is like the audio up laps, uh, when they, mm -hmm. when they have them dialed in, oh, they're, they growl. I love it. Uh, all right, Johnny, I'm excited for Austria. Uh, also let's, uh, let's tell the folks where they can catch you, where, where, where they, where they can hear you, where they can see you, uh, get a sense of who you, you are. <laughs> you can, you could find, uh, you could probably find most of my, uh, general thoughts on, on Twitter. I'm at Johnny motion. Corey, where can the folks find you? Same here. A lot of my thoughts end up on Twitter so for better or for worse. Um, I am a burn Corey burn there. You can also catch me on Instagram and, uh, I am fully embracing TikTok culture now, not fully embracing TikTok culture, but I'm posting on a, pretty regular basis and by that i mean almost every day 
Uh, so go for that. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I I downloaded. Oh TikTok, boy, but I haven't had the heart to actually like start an account and whatnot yeah. yet. So I'm 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 coming over there. I'm coming Be for you. Very. Uh, we'll talk more offline. But the algorithm is there. weird on that. Thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. All right. Yeah. You can catch me at Burn Corey Burn. Uh. And then you can also catch us on the F1 files on Twitter and on Reddit. Uh. But yeah, that was uh that was one hell of a race. Um, folks, you can catch us the next time, if your heart can handle it, on the F1 Files. (laughs) 